Hey y'all and welcome to the Bloom Wildly Live Simply podcast. My name is Morgan Bartell and I'm so glad that you've decided to join me today. In this week's episode, we are going to be covering five manageable cleaning habits. And I know not everybody likes to talk about cleaning their home. And honestly, some of us don't like cleaning our home. I don't know anyone who's ever said, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to do my laundry later. Like, let's be real. Nobody likes laundry. And if you do, share your secrets because... I need a new perspective. But anyways, I wanted to share some of the habits that I have discovered over the years to changing my heart and my perspective on keeping our house a home and keeping the Lord at the center of it all. First things first, I think we need to talk about the heart of why we need to keep a tidy home or what the benefits of keeping a tidy home are. Before I get started, I do want to say this episode is in no way made to shame anybody who keeps more of a cluttered space or has more of a creative chaos, if you will. That's in no way what I'm choosing to do today. What I'm choosing to do through this episode is to just share some of the habits that have been established in my own life that have really impacted our daily flow and benefited us as an entire family unit. As Christians, we have been entrusted with many things from the Lord, and how we steward them is a direct reflection of how we live our inner lives. And when I say inner lives, I'm not trying to get like super high spiritual, but our mental health, our mental state is normally and statistically shown and revealed through the spaces that we keep and the environments that we surround ourselves in. So stewarding well what God has entrusted us with is greatly important. And in Genesis 2.15, it says, the Lord God took the man and placed him in the garden of Eden to work it and watch over it. Now, we've all heard the creation story. We all know the story of Adam and Eve. And I know a lot of times we get hyper-focused on Eve, but I want to talk about this. The Lord took the man and placed him in the Garden of Eden. He placed him there with the purpose of working it and watching over it to keep things beautiful, help them to be fruitful and to multiply. And when we keep a beautiful space, when we keep a tidy home, when we steward the things the Lord has given us well, we are working it and watching over it as scripture introduced us to in Genesis. Now, any home that has littles in it or children in general, or just life being lived in it, things are going to get messy. Things are going to be used. Things are going to be placed where they don't belong. And over time, if we're not keeping up on these things, It adds up, it builds up, and it becomes overwhelming. There's a quote that I found that I absolutely think is hilariously relatable. And it says, this house is clean enough to be healthy and dirty enough to be happy. Keeping a clean home is keeping a healthy home. But we can't be so rigid about keeping things perfectly tidy that life cannot be lived in the spaces that we share with the ones that we love. Even Benjamin Franklin has been quoted as saying, for every minute spent on organizing, an hour is earned. When we spend so much time playing catch up, we are losing a precious commodity. And that is the gift of time. Our time is valuable. Our time is so valuable. And it is a true gift. Every single minute we live, every single breath that we breathe is a moment we will never get back. And when we are so overwhelmed in taking care of things that could have been done by creating manageable habits, we are losing precious time. So let's go ahead and get into the five manageable cleaning habits that have really impacted my life. Some of these may work in your home and some of them may not, but I challenge you to just hear them out, try them. If they work, keep them. If they don't, 
don't keep them. Every home is unique. Every home's needs are different. And so we can't sit there and do a one-all, fix-all kind of situation. But what we can do is we can glean from each other. We can be inspired from those around us to create habits that are going to work in our own homes. Number one, do not buy or keep more than you need. We have all been a victim of the impulse buy. I am one of the worst. I will be at checkout. I will be at Home Goods. I will be at Target. And I'm like, oh, that's a great deal. Oh, that's so cute. I, I might find a place for that. And then it comes home with me, finds his space in a closet or a drawer, and never emerges. That is until a year and a half later when I am cleaning out an overly cluttered closet full of things that serve no purpose in my home. A specific area that this applies in my own home is in my own closet and in our utensil drawer within our kitchen. So my closet, I love to thrift. Thrifting is one of my love languages and I absolutely love the thrill of the hunt and scoring a really good deal. But the issue with that is if it's not kept in check, then I'm running out of hangers and I'm going and purchasing more hangers for items that I may not actually wear or that I tried wearing once and it didn't fit me well and I will never wear it again, but yet I keep it on the hanger. It just takes up space. It's a wasted hanger. And so instead of holding on to those things, I can donate them to someone who can use them. I can give them away to someone in need. There's no reason to hold on to things that don't have a purpose in your life. Over at the kitchen drawer, I will buy utensils. I will find fun kitchen gadgets. I love me some Amazon finds, but I don't need three different types of spatulas when I really only use one. I don't need two whisks when I use one. I don't need three sets of measuring cups because I'm not going to use three sets all at once. And if I am, I'm going to tell you this, I will have dirtied all of them. Then when it comes time to do the dishes, I am so not wanting to do it. But I have found, especially like if I'm baking something, if I have one set of measuring cups, as I'm going along, if I need to use the same measuring cup, I'll wash it as I'm going. And so I do not have as much to do at the end, which is so beneficial to being able to enjoy whatever I'm baking without having to clean things up beforehand. Number two is quite possibly the easiest one to implement in any household. Number two, put things away as soon as you are finished using them. I used to be so bad about just throwing it on our dining table and I'll get to it later, putting it on my desk and I'll put it away later. You know what happened? Later never came. Things just kept piling up and kept piling up. It takes 30 seconds to two minutes to put things back where you got them. It takes less than five minutes to put items from a project back in their organized spots. Then the next time that you need them, you're not hunting all over your house for an item that was put somewhere that it does not belong. Give this habit one week. Try it for one week. Every time you get done with something, just put it back where it goes. Every time you get done cooking or using something in your kitchen, clean it up real fast and put it away. I promise you by the end of the first week, you will be wanting to take it on into another week and then another week. And before you know it, you have established number two as a healthy habit. Number three, Determine the needs of your own home and schedule out tasks throughout the week. Household to-dos are much easier to manage whenever you have a schedule. So for example, on Mondays, 
I have a little schedule that tells me this is when I'm going to vacuum and this is when I'm going to wash our bedding. I'm not going to wash our bedding, mop the floors, clean the windows, clean the patio, all those things all in one day because I would be exhausted. And nobody has that amount of free time if they've got littles in their home. But if you break up your individual tasks that are needed in your own home to help your home flow more efficiently, if you break those down to maybe one or two a day, they are much easier to keep up with. They are easier to keep flowing into the next month and the next month because that habit is something that you can maintain. Unless you are Mary Poppins and you can get your entire house done and clean in the length that it takes to sing a happy little song, I'm sorry, but that's not the reality of it all. We have to create schedules. They are our best friend. I'm not saying live your life by a to-do list, but I am saying create something that you can go off of that helps, something that helps your flow and your unique home. Number four, assign age-appropriate chores for your children to be involved in. Obviously, this one does not apply in your home if you don't have children. But for those of y'all who do have children still in the home, this is something that has changed the game in keeping our home tidy. I used to not want to make my kids do anything. Obviously, our nine-month-old can't really contribute much. But my 10-year-old, he's been doing chores for as long as I can remember. But it took until he was about five to really see that there was benefit not only for him in learning, but for me as a mother in teaching him what to do around the home. I don't want him to grow up and get married one day and not be a contributing member to his own household. I don't want to get a phone call from his wife one day saying, oh my gosh, he never does anything. Not that I'm saying that that will happen or that it would happen, but If I have any say in it, I want my kids to be well-versed in caring for themselves and in stewarding what the Lord has given them. There is a responsibility to taking care of what we have been blessed with. Something as simple as helping to put the laundry away. Yes, it takes longer. Yes, I know the socks aren't going to be matched up perfectly, but that's the teachable moment. This is where we help our children to become thriving adults later on. Our family isn't made up of just mom or just dad. It is all of us as one family unit, and we all contribute to keeping our house a home. The tasks don't have to be difficult. The chores don't have to be elaborate. It could be something as simple as teaching them to dust, giving them a microfiber cloth and having them help you clean a bookshelf. It could be something as simple as having them help you to organize the laundry, throw it all in a pile, create individual piles and say, help me throw all of dad's clothes over here. Help me throw your clothes over here. Help me throw your brother or your sister's clothes over here. Help throw mommy's clothes over here. Then it almost becomes a fun game, especially if you're like, don't move your feet. Make sure you throw it all in the right pile. See how fast you can do it. You know what your child is capable of, but don't limit them by not allowing them to try something new and help out with daily to-dos. This last habit might be my favorite one. Number five, romanticize your home and fall in love with it. According to research done by UCLA Health, elevating your home experience can have a profound effect on your mental well-being and relaxation. What's more is it has been shown to reduce stress and anxiety. The trick is to romanticize everyday activities, taking things more slowly and prioritizing comfort. 
you know, cozy vibes. We all love them. We all enjoy them. Lighting a candle, turning off overhead lighting and just going by lamplight, having that cozy glow. Romanticizing your life doesn't have to be something wild or elaborate. This started as a social media trend and I'm normally not a social media trend kind of girl. Yes, I love myself some Instagram. I love some fun TikTok videos and reels, but romanticizing your life is unique to what brings joy to you. This isn't so much task-driven, but as it is wellness-driven. For me, this often looks like time spent whenever I'm doing my devotional, writing in my journal, or reading a book. Those are simple things that I'm doing. And on paper, those aren't anything glamorous or anything fun to look at. But when I first make a glass of hot tea, I watch it slowly simmer. I put it in the pretty cup. I use the pretty spoon to put the honey in it. I light a candle. I turn on hymns. I set the space to romanticize a simple moment. A practical way to romanticize your home and your life is to make your bed every single day. You're going to walk into your room several times throughout the day. So why not make it beautiful? Why not make it welcoming? And there's something about pulling those covers back at the end of the night that feels so much nicer than sitting there trying to wrestle the sheet from the comforter and get it placed where it's actually going to be usable. Another practical way to romanticize your home is by putting fresh flowers around you guys. This doesn't have to be an expensive bouquet that you've purchased. It could be something small like a little bouquet you pick up at the grocery store or fresh flowers from around your house in your own garden or wildflowers, something that has life in it. Romanticizing your home is, again, not a one-all, fit-all kind of situation. It's simply slowing down and enjoying the simple things in your life and making things in your home something that you enjoy and that you love. The next thing I want to say, and again, I don't want to shame anybody who might have a busier kind of space in terms of aesthetics, but according to verywellmind.com, cluttered spaces can create feelings of overwhelm and anxiety, while tidy spaces can invoke a sense of calm. Every single one of us can come up with at least 10 excuses as to why our home is not tidy or as to why we don't clean up. You don't need a picture-perfect space to have a tidy space. It doesn't have to be full of the most expensive items or the fanciest decor. It's practical, purposeful, and in fact becomes beautiful because it's serving your household well. John MacArthur said, All Christians are but God's stewards. Everything we have is on loan from the Lord, entrusted to us for a while to use in serving Him. Our households, our homes are a place of ministry. We get the gift and the blessing of serving our spouses, of serving our children, and creating an atmosphere that glorifies our Father in heaven. Remember, your home is unique. What works in my home may not work in yours, and vice versa. Determine the needs in your own individual home, and go from there. Ask the Lord how you can better steward what He's given you. Before you go, I'd love to pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the gift of stewardship. May we never forget that everything that we have in our lives comes from you, Lord. We praise you for your provision and the fact that you give us everything we need right when we need it, Lord. Just ask that you would inspire us and equip us to better take care of what you've given us, to use it with hospitality in mind to have a home that's ready and able to open its doors and welcome whoever in. God, I thank you that our homes can be a place of ministry. Thank you, God, for the opportunities that we are given every single day within our home. 
I ask that all of our homes would glorify you in the most beautiful of ways. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Bloom Wildly Live Simply podcast. I can't wait to chat with you guys next time.